Hi, welcome to Morning Talk Show. Today, uh, my interview with James Evramenko. James is the host of a great podcast called Friendless, uh, where I, I don't want to wreck it, but he he attacks the problem of Facebook and and our addiction to and dependence on Facebook head on and in a very personal way. He's talking to his Facebook friends in in real life. So um, I loved the conversation. I found it was kind of more nuanced. He's not just a Facebook hater, but he had some interesting thoughts on um, obviously Facebook and friendship and empathy and performance because he's from a performance background. So I loved talking to James. I'm hoping to talk to him again in the future. Uh, and so in the meantime, uh, my conversation with James Avramenko. Now the video on this one didn't work out. I had a couple of interviews where the video hasn't worked out. So I am working on a better provider for, um, for these internet uh, meetings. So look for that in the near future. If you like this kind of content, please like and subscribe. I'd love to bring you more of it. And now my conversation with James Avramenko. <laughs> All right. Recording in progress. Beautiful. James Avramenko. Yeah. Welcome to Morning Talk. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me. No problem. So I, I usually do a little intro video to these things, but uh, it, it's usually best if um, if you give a short bio of yourself so that I don't screw anything up too bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I am uh, currently Saskatoon-based uh, writer and podcaster. Um, this week, I'm most famous for running a podcast called Friendless, which is about uh, every episode I interview somebody off of my Facebook list. We reconnect, talk about how we use social, use social media, how we communicate with each other and interrelate, and then we unfriend at the end of the show, and we decide how or if we're uh, going to stay in contact, whether it's you know other social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that, or... Yeah. Uh, you know, emails or, or, or anything, or, or if we're just going to say, you know, have a good life. Yeah. No, yeah. Peace out. No, no harm done. Right. right. Yeah. So um, it's a wonderful concept for a podcast and uh, I, it really immediately drew my eye. Normally uh, when I, when I reach out to someone for an interview, I've known about them a little longer, um, mm. but this, I felt like it's such a relatable topic. Uh, we can kind of jump right in, and I think people around the world are applauding you, uh, uh, you know, because it's like, it, in what crazy alternate universe does it take balls to phone somebody up and have a conversation? Like, that? we're, we're kind of through the looking glass these yep. days. The fact that what you're doing is in any way odd yeah. is odd. That is, you know, it's funny that I, it's been one of the funny kind of elements that I've been trying to explain to people is that it's not, it's not actually about the Facebook part. That's just sort of where I draw my guest list from in a way, you know, okay. where what I'm really interested in is exactly that is this idea of, of having, having basic human conversations one-on-one -on -one and yes. in person, you know, um, um, because so much is so dehumanized through text and through email yeah. and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, even just us connecting, you know, and sending emails and kind of being like, 
who is this guy? What's the deal with this? Let's kind of yeah. walk it through a little, feel it out, yeah. you know? Whereas if we had spoken, it would have been like, oh yeah, okay, I totally get what you're going for because right. we're we're uh, we're 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 so visually based in our communication yeah. and social media kills any kind of <laughs> visually. Yeah, the nonverbal, the nonverbal mm -hmm. stuff, right? If you just took the text from anyone's day of speech, you'd be like, what a despicable mother, you know, like, because <laughs> uh, you you can't see any of the, any of the other stuff. Yep. Uh, they, so, everybody also sounds like a complete moron when you actually look at the sort of transcript of our daily conversations. Yeah. We yeah. sound like absolute idiots, you know. Absolutely, including this conversation would, you oh. know, but, uh, but, you know, but this is real, <laughs> yeah, so. So one thing I want to pick up on on what you've already said that is is really interesting and and it was a it was an intuition I had that you weren't that this wasn't a an, a Facebook is pure evil thing that you're you saying know, that Facebook that it was you weren't specifically responding to Facebook as this like you know the Hydra that you have to kill or something no no and that's actually been sort of one of the you know there's been there's been some press press coverage this week that I'm very grateful for I'm not I'm not you know turning my nose up at anything but it's um they often really lean heavily on the Facebook element of it. They really lean into this idea of you're breaking up with Facebook and you're telling all your friends why you're not friends with them anymore. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, like where I came to where, cause I've had this idea for a couple of years. Um, I, you know, I had Facebook when it was like a university website. So you could only be friends with, you know, I went to UVic and so you could only have people from UVic on your site. That's it. You right. Talk to anybody else. And, um, and then it slowly through the years opened up more and more, you know, first there was other schools, then there was, you know, one day my mom friend requested me and I went, right. You know, That's the day. Right. Over. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, do you mind if I break in and ask? You don't have to answer this, but how how old a guy are you? Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm 32, so I I got Facebook when I was 18. Okay, so you know I uh, I have been basically I have been in the daily routine of my life. I have been doing Facebook longer than uh, any of my current relationships, aside from family. You know, I, I was on Facebook almost a decade longer than when I met my wife, you know? Yeah, um, okay. A short of, you know, eating, sleeping, you know, going to the bathroom. Facebook is the longest running daily behavior that I have in my life right now, you know? And yeah. that was something, that was where the initial idea came from was sort of, it was more about me than it was about the people. It was about assessing my daily behavior, becoming, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just becoming more sort of aware of because there's that behavior you have where you, um, you know, you open your Facebook app, you scroll through a little blindly. Maybe Netflix is on in the background, so you're sort of like half paying attention to everything around you. Mm -hmm. You sort of mindlessly scroll, and then you close it down. You put your phone down for maybe 30 seconds. You look at the TV screen, and you pick your phone back up, and you open Facebook. <laughs> you know, and and, yeah. it's, and it, it becomes this perpetual cycle of of nothingness. You know, like I I am. I'm not actually watching the show that's on. I'm not actually paying attention to what's on the yeah. feed. I'm purely just sort of moving, right. you know. And I yeah. and that was where the initial idea came from. Was I really wanted to um, just analyze what I was doing on this website, you know? Right. Yeah. And and so there's a lot there's a lot there, you know. So 
uh, while you're not particularly uh, you're not particularly saying that Facebook is an evil thing, you are you are talking about uh, the way that it enables or encourages certain habits. Mm -hmm. And um, I, that you know, so what's awesome is that uh, how would I put this? For many people, when they encounter something like that, they just go on Facebook and yeah. they complain about it in a post. <laughs> and, and it's so what I like about what you're doing is it's, uh, in my view, it's not self-righteous. Mm. Uh, it's, it's like saying, hey, I wanted to make a change in my personal behavior. I mean, this is kind of one of one of the things, one of my like, uh, I don't know, guiding principles in life is that mm. personal change is slow and painful. It takes effort and um, and rather than bemoan it um, and prescribe in a short little like self-written article, yeah. uh, you're actually walking people through the steps. So it's so it's way more than just um, it's way more than just solving your own problem. You're actually mm. just kind of modeling something, and, and it. But the way it's done is very. Uh, it's not. It's not heavy-handed. Yeah. And yeah. I think well, thank for, you. I appreciate that. No problem. And so for anybody watching this. Um, I mean, you're m more well known than me, but anybody watching this who hasn't watched uh, or hasn't listened to your podcast yet, um, I, I'll just say that um, I th I think the strength of it is that you are a good conversationalist, mm -hmm. uh, and you're you're a likable, affable guy. You have a good personality uh, for this, and I think I seem to recall in one of the. Maybe it was in a news interview. I saw a news interview first, and you had said you wanted to have a podcast for a while. Mm -hmm. I can understand that because you've kind of got that that outgoing personality that just fits in really well for this kind of thing. So um, thank you. I really anyways, appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> so maybe then, uh, maybe just des describe um, your your first day on Facebook, like what. Or your, mm. do you remember? Do you remember making your account? Do you remember what you thought about it, or how you thought it was going to affect your life? Yeah, I, you know, uh, I'm from a, a bit of a funny window uh, in terms of sort of um, technology adoption because I'm a you little do. right, yeah, like I'm sort of a little too young for certain platforms. Um, you know, I know my brother was using like ICQ a ton, and he was on like classic. Yeah, right. So, so I was right on the like the tail end of that, right? Yes. Um, my my high school was predominantly spent um, on like MySpace. Nexopia was a big one for like one year. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I was sort of like, I was used to that type of platform. In that, you know, I understood the behavior of making a profile picture, talking about yourself a little bit, and then each person writing on their wall. And so, so Facebook didn't strike me as anything unique or revolutionary. Um, I actually, uh, like, I don't remember the exact day, but I do remember um, when I signed up for it, I didn't think of it any more than an easier way to pass homework notes back and forth. That was what we initially used it for. We literally, we would... It, you know, if I got, you know, if I was, can I say if I was too stoned to go to class? You, you know? may say it. Okay, okay, you, you know, right? <laughs> you know, Permission if I was too high to go to class, then I would write to somebody, can you send me the notes to, you know, theater history or whatever. And uh, and then people started posting albums very rapidly. They And and 
photo album. Yeah, yeah. And so without fail, everybody's first photo album was almost uniformly just photos of themselves because nobody really knew what this was or what we were doing. So it was always just albums of just your face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and I just kind of rolled my eyes and then did it, you know, because yeah. it was like, well, I, I guess this is what we use the platform for yeah. now. <laughs> you, know? I've never, I, you know, I'm not above selfies occasionally no. myself. Yeah. You know? No, it's never, it's never, you know, I've never really seen the point in demeaning social behavior. You know, it's, it's, this is not new behavior. It's just more in the open in the same way right. that we used to have photo albums and uh, slideshows and, you know, your friend would go on a trip and they'd come back and they'd make you sit yeah. through a slideshow of their trip to China. Right. You know, and now we just have it on our phones instead of having to sit in their living room, right. you know. And then there's also kind of micro um, uh, sort of invisible communities of people who um, who feel that that social media should be a certain thing and shouldn't be another thing. Like uh, I remember having someone a long time ago tell me that I was, you know, with kind of she had a bit of a I'm, I have to hate to break it to you, but you're kind of curating your life the way right. you do, you're curating. And I, and, I, and I thought it made me think about it because I'm like haven't we, haven't we always curated our lives? Like, you know, uh, like you would never go to your grandma's house and open the photo album and like, Oh, here's me taking a dump, you know, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, you only took certain pictures. Yeah. You took and And the only reason you ended up with the horrible ones is because it, it was an accident. So anyway, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I don't really have a point there. I'm just, no, uh, I do, no, but I think that that's actually a really important line of thought is this idea of self curation and, and actually, I was reading a fascinating article recently talking about how social media has actually destroyed our ability to self-curate because one element of a life is to be able to forget things and to be mm. able to make mistakes and to be able to speak out a turn, say something wrong, maybe offend somebody, but then to move on, to learn right. and to not have, you know, it's essentially the behavior of rubbing a dog's face when they pee in the house, you know, right. to constantly <laughs> hold you accountable to every little thing that you've ever done. We used to be able to, you know, we used to be able to forget some of the mistakes we made right. because we would internalize just the, the rough lesson of it and then yeah. move on. Whereas now, you know, Facebook has that feature of every day you get reminded 10 years ago on this day, ago. you said this stupid thing and now don't, don't forget this, you know? Yeah, it's embarrassing, right? You, you, because you evolved and yeah, there, there had, there is a healthy amount of the old you dying away. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah, dying away in people's memories and dying away in your own memory. And, and to a certain degree, we have to believe our current fiction of who we are and it's not it's not necessarily a fiction it's just it's it's what is most salient to us about ourselves right now absolutely so, and uh, another thing I, I think you said that is right up my alley is the idea of uh, how it's kind of futile to be critical of social trends one of the purposes of this channel one of the reasons you you've seen how diverse my topics can be mm -hmm. one of the uniting things about about this channel is that I want to talk about not what we think people should be, but mm -hmm. what they really do, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we have to almost look at ourselves like uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to preach here, but uh, yeah, you know, know. Um, uh, like uh, children where mm -hmm. um, it's like uh, when a child does something. Um, that's not the smartest you, you you say you know what um 
I have two, I have two things. I can punish you, mm-hmm. uh, and shame you, or we can change what's going on mm-hmm. that made you feel you needed to do that. So, yeah. if, so if we are addicted to Facebook, um, yes, there's algorithms being programmed to draw us in. Yes, there's things that designed to put us in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're still taking a bite from the plate every, every time. Yep. We're still lifting the fork to our to our face. And that's what I mean. Again, that's what I love about what you're doing, because uh, you're recognizing that it's going to be a process to mm-hmm. untangle and and to untangle yourself from this, uh, this thing that yeah. you are, that, that part of you lives in, you know, it's yeah. like, um, it, it, it's a technology and we're like, um, this other guy I interviewed John Verveke, he says we're natural cyborgs. So yes. if there's something external that we can use to increase our, our capacities, we're going to we'll always it. do it. Yeah. And then we have to learn to back up and, and mm-hmm. kind of learn to, to back up the truck and, and hopefully like wisdom can be something to keep <laughs> with us at all times, you know, but it's like, oh, that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to ask a question that um, mm-hmm. uh, the answer might be no, but it seems like from what I've listened to, uh, you're kind of involved in, in theater or you're involved mm-hmm. in performance of some kind. Um, I was listening to one by Javier, and I can't remember his last name. Uh, Aguilar. Yeah. And uh, Javi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, Javier was mentioning, or Javi was mentioning um, just uh, like sort of theater training and empathy. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that was really interesting to me. That's probably the most specific to an episode thing I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that your... Um, that your experience in theater mm-hmm. has uh, has given you some some perspective that's helped this project. Definitely, I mean, um, you know, it's it's a it's it's a funny thing because I feel like I've kind of always spent. I feel like I've spent my whole life sort of arguing for the merits of art and for being artistic. I don't um, I don't particularly actually like the the sort of uh, commodification of it. I, I'm not a big fan of the way artists are forced to to sell their art. I think it's okay for them to get paid. I think that's the difference, is that I think it's okay for an artist to be paid. I don't think they should have to be in a system where they can only survive off of that, though. Um, right. And I don't think we have a culture that celebrates that, because I, I see art as... Um, I see art as self-expression, and I think everybody needs to self-express you know a lot of the a lot of the most vitriolic comments i see whether it's about me about the show about or about just anything in particular often it sort of dance around dances around these ideas of vulnerability and of you know what some people define as you know feminine behavior versus masculine behavior and and all these kinds of you know, you're being you're being good because you're strong. You're being bad because you're weak. All these kinds of you know, it all floats in that miasma. And okay. um, what I find art, and for me personally, theater did for me is it 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 taught me empathy, which is the key key factor to uh, being a productive <laughs> member of society. Is yeah, because there's a difference between being empathetic and being sympathetic. Sympathy yeah. to me is a form of control because it's a form of pity. It keeps yeah. the other person down. Whereas yeah. empathy says, 
you may not be right, you may not be wrong, but I can see why you're doing what you're doing. You know, sympathy would be like sympathy would be like an, uh, a delineation, and empathy would be like an integration. Exactly, bingo, exactly. And yeah. I think that that's what theater makes you do because theater inherently is an art of figuring out why someone else is doing what they're doing, right. you know, because you're given a role and sometimes you're given a role that is really close to you. And so it's easy. And sometimes you're given a role that's really different from you. And so yeah. you have to work because right. the, the art of theater is to make the audience believe that you're someone else, right. you know? And so that, at its core is a, is a practice and empathy. So if I could jump in there, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're, uh, you're really giving me some, giving me some thoughts. This is great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I hadn't really thought about this, but in, in a way, um, uh, so in a way I feel like culture mm -hmm. wants us to believe that empathy is a default mode mm -hmm. so that if left to your own devices, uh, you, you are empathetic or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People don't necessarily think that about others, but they think yeah. it about themselves. They so always they think, think they're empathetic. Yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. If people would stop fucking my shit up, then yeah. I, they would see how empathetic I am. But it's like you know, it's the good guy syndrome, you know, right. I'm a good so, guy. Right. You know? So what I love about what you're saying, uh, and hopefully I can tie this into Facebook, um, is that um, by putting some artifice to it, by stepping outside of reality and by actually being uh, what some could consider false, mm -hmm. uh, you're actually you're actually forced to pick apart um, what what a person does and you're forced to pick apart what an audience what will ring true to an audience so in a way it's like in a way you're we're saying that empathy has to be cultivated and thought about critically but at the same time we can recognize it so like maybe mm -hmm. so the audience you know if you you wouldn't have to learn empathy if the audience didn't have uh, imp, uh, the potential for empathy somewhere w within themselves. So it's mm -hmm. a really, it's a really complicated idea um, <laughs> that that empathy is both something we naturally recognize and mm -hmm. also something we have to to step aside and cultivate. Well, it's this idea of you know your brain is just as much a muscle as any other part of you, and so you yeah. have to make sure that you're working it the proper way and that you're working the muscles the proper way. And right. for me. For me, the key the element, you know, the key exercise for your brain is is empathy practice, right? Is the idea right. of being mindful of yourself. I think this actually kind of does tie back into a lot of what we were talking about, though, is this idea of I think a lot of people are really concerned about telling other people what they're doing wrong. Whereas to me, what I'm interested in is just being right for myself. And if other people are into it, cool and if they're not that's fine because that's their reality and this is mine you know and i'm not i'm not talking about the big stuff about like i'm allowed to be a dick to you because i think that i'm right because of my xyz right. but uh, but but what i mean by that is this idea of if if it's if it feels good for me to be quiet for a couple hours a day it's not your right to tell me i'm lazy or that I'm unproductive or, you know, right. I'm allowed to be as slow and as silent as I want to be. If that's what makes right. my existence feel good. Right? Yeah. Well, that's empathy um, for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that you, that's exactly it. And I think that, and I think that you, I think that, you know, you, I think you become stronger when you become more concerned with 
with practicing for yourself rather than practicing to to prove every people right. right or wrong you know yeah yeah no i i can i can understand that i mean uh, and and the i think empathy is one of those things where when you when you gain greater empathy for yourself when you recognize your need to, to be quiet uh then um you might you you might be developing tools that that help you understand why this other person needs to be loud Bingo. <laughs> you know Bingo. so yeah but exactly. to tie it back into facebook um do you think this is not a leading question? Do you think that Facebook <laughs> has? Um, I'll back up a tiny bit. So we're we're basically saying that we have potential to be non-empathetic and we have potential to be empathetic. Do you mm -hmm. think that the technology of Facebook has um, enabled people to be less empathetic? Oh, with one hundred percent. In fact, I think it encourages less empathy because I think that um, what social media as a whole does is it 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 um what's the right word for it? it it basically breaks us down into text boxes and i don't think that there's any way to empathize with a block of text i think that's why it's so easy for people to be so vitriolic i think it's why it's mm. so easy for someone to just type a little insult i mean i got i woke up this morning to a stranger he had written he just sent me a little facebook message that just said fag <laughs> yeah, a stranger, a ah. complete stranger who had just nice. probably heard my name on the radio and decided this is what I'm going to do with my day because I'm, the, you know, and it's like, yeah. what are you like, what, what are you getting out of this? Because, because yeah. he has been trained to dehumanize another person. Right. He doesn't believe that I'm a person. He yeah. believes that I'm an enemy. Right. He and an instant, sorry, he has an instant way to contact someone who is. Not a person, but a totem of exactly. an ideology. A of all he, you know. Yeah. Um, I just got a message here that um, my meeting is going to time out in five minutes. I'm not okay. sure why that is. So I may have to um, I may have to just re redo it and uh, really? re up it. So I don't. I but I don't actually want to. Um, I don't want to draw it out, uh, you know, any longer than is interesting to you. Oh, but, yeah, no, I'm happy to keep going if you want to. That's all good. Yeah. Yeah. No, th this is great. Um, so, um, one thing I one thing I would ask about because one of I was able to ignore Facebook for a really long time. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like I would say honestly, it wasn't having a uh, an extremely negative effect on my life. And then the Donald Trump election happened, right? And that thing was like. Uh, it, it, I think I think for a lot of people, it was a wake up call that we had not been seeing half yes. of the story. Yes. Um, and so uh, I just wondered if that particular event had anything, you know, if that had any effect on you or impact. Oh, very much so. I, mean, I, I know, know that I know the election would have had an impact, but I mean, yeah, sure. Facebook during the election. <laughs> yeah, no, very much so. You know, I um I had the idea for the show prior, but then after the election is really when I started. And it even even then it still took me a couple of years to really get the ball rolling. But it was it was sort of the next increment because you know you started hearing things about Cambridge Analytica and you started hearing things about targeted you know the pixel and the way that they're you know breaking our our behaviors down into these little um, you know they've got all these touch touchstones and when you look at them and you're like oh yeah they've got me down to a T, you know, they yeah. really kind of beat it down. I actually started exploring um, things like print on demand websites and things like, you know, making, you know, uh, you know, started making uh, uh, targeted ads on Facebook and I started practicing it myself for my own little kind of side hustles and, you know, all that kind of garbage of like, 
never wanting to have another office job. <laughs> and, um, Fair enough. And, and so I started exploring that stuff. So I was already sort of vaguely aware of the behaviors even before it kind of came out. But to see the scale that it was at and the and the um, the really ominous behavior. And, and that to me is what's so complex about Facebook is that Facebook at its surface is essentially a photo album more or less it's kind of a conglomeration of a, of a photo album and um like a little black book you know like a collection of phone numbers but so on its surface it's essentially innocuous because it's essentially just a, a, a platform to be used however you use it um it's neither good or bad it's just sort of a thing but then you start applying other behaviors to it and you start and then you start you know having people who are willing to exploit others for their Manipulate own gain, it. Right? exactly yeah. you know it's this idea you know there's this great quote i was come back to that, it, that it's sort of peripheral to it but it's like um uh you, you can't call yourself a pacifist if all you are is a coward <laughs> you know right it's this idea of uh you know just because you don't want to fight doesn't mean you're a pacifist or just because you can't fight and it's this what i mean by that is is this idea that somebody out there wants to exploit you and and ignorantly being exploited is one thing but willingly being exploited is a whole other thing and, right. and i think that our usage of facebook has encouraged this type of behavior it's encouraged brexit it's encouraged trump it's encouraged you know andrew Scheer. you know it's encouraged these kinds of politicians to come out mm -hmm. to be brave enough you know maxime what's his name bernier or you know the guy with the opposed mass mass immigration and it's just like what are you doing man like what are you why why is this even an issue here in canada you know mm -hmm. like why do we why do we even why do we even care about this in this well, framework? And further and further to that, it, it's um, it seems to me like the that the polarization created by a face. At this point, there was an unexplained interruption in the video recording, and now we return you to the conversation. Uh, so one of the things, um, and you you had asked me sort of in an email about um, politics, you know, my my political. Um, uh, and I sure um, my political. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, I, I, I feel, I feel a little bit, um, like I was raised in a very conservative background and okay. I definitely am on the liberal side now. Like my, my, um, what's, what's the word, my Facebook echo chamber during the mm -hmm. Trump election was definitely on the anti-Trump side. I had yes. no idea he was going to, I had no idea. I mean, I really thought it was impossible. He was going to get it yeah. just because yeah. I was, no, everybody hates him. What are you talking yeah. about? Everybody ever, but yep. I also have this feeling that without um, that, th that was kind of one of the first times that this technology did contribute to a serious um, problem. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, I, I have I have all kinds of thoughts about the polarization going on. It's way more um, it's way more complicated than Facebook. It but is with the polarization, political polarization that's going on. Um, everybody everybody is um on both sides is is feeling pressure towards the extremes so mm -hmm. in other words you're talking about extreme anti-immigration stuff you know mm -hmm. um maybe i maybe i'm kidding myself to think that there were good old days when uh, uh. there was a little more conversation uh, about these things or or where you know people didn't actually feel forced towards the extremes in, in this way um, to, to kind of, oh, that, you know, there's this, 
Trump proved that there's a built-in audience at yep. the extremes that people had been kind of neglecting with the idea of, of uh, objectivity in, in, in reporting and all of that. Yeah. So Facebook, uh, I, I do think, like, because I, I try not to be a, a, an alarmist and I, try, I really try not to blame uh, the technology, but I think mm -hmm. in that particular case, that particular election, it, it really did do mm -hmm. something. And I well, think that's we'll what made me give my head a shake is because I was yeah. trying to roll my eyes at everybody on Facebook, the people mm -hmm. who the people who overused it, the people who always dissed it but wouldn't leave and all of that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, yeah, I really think it did something there. So I, it's not a question. It's just. Uh, yeah, well, no, but I think you're spot on. I think that this idea of. Um, the, the the pushing to the extremes has that always existed or not um i because i think that it, i think it has in some capacity i think there's always been the disenfranchised and i think there's always been the people who feel left behind um i mean they, especially in america we have proof of all the all the um oh god what do they call them the writings you know who that that kind of swung back and forth throughout the years have tended to be low income have tended to be you know, ones where promises are made and then not follow through on all the way dating back right. to you know, Reagan, right? And so and what is really quite alarming is the way that, you know, the Cambridge Analytica, you know, scam, let's call it what it is, um, worked was that it wasn't about massive, you know, huge electoral fraud. It was about targeting small targets, you know, you can and do that better. The whole, yeah, the whole the whole federal election came down to something like 50,000 votes, which in a country of, you know, what is it? like 60 million people it's nothing that's a drop in the bucket you know yeah. and so that that to me is what's the most frightening demonstration of that technology right. is that it proves that our democracies are fundamentally broken and i you know i believe you know god the 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 american system is actually a better democratic system than the canadians have so the fact that they ended up with trump doesn't give me very much hope for the first right. past the poll you know style voting that we right. have right um right which is you know like i lean more liberal but i think what what's a tragedy in canada is when you say the word liberal you're immediately associated with a party um and and what what's a problem with that too is that that's a party that promised electoral reform and then didn't follow right. through on it um right. so we we are a country that wants to be multi-party but constantly just slingshots yeah. back and forth between right. two of them yeah and, and i think i really think they're their personality types you know um and uh, i think you I, that that's the that's the problem is you know if people feel pressure to become cartoonish versions of of themselves or cartoonish versions of themselves or it even worse, if they believe that something deep within them is inherently political, it's like, wow, you yeah. know, that's fun. The egotism. <laughs> well, yeah. And that to me is actually a clear, you know, that's a far clearer demonstration of what a politician is than anything else. I, I think that every politician of every party is a fundamental narcissist, you know, is a fundamental megalomaniac. <clears throat> I think you have to be a nutcase to want to be a politician. Yeah. You know, I think that the I whole system. Imagine. Yeah, right. You know, and I think I think to be such a megalomaniac maniac is to believe that you know what's best for people and you know what's best yeah. for populations, especially populations that don't like you or don't yeah. want anything to do right. with you. That takes a special kind of narcissism. You know? I, was, I was told that uh, at one point, so forgive me if this isn't true, Quakers, but that the Quakers, uh, the religious group, um, would appoint 
uh, a person to be their leader for a period of time. And it was actually considered a, a negative if yeah, you they didn't wanted want it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, wanted you it, so it. Yeah. Okay, I'll serve, you know, I'll serve my community in this way. And, you know, like, I have to. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I mean, it's really not to get religious, but it's, it's really Christ-like in a way. It's like, yeah, I'll serve you by, I'll serve you by sacrificing my time and myself to you for a while. And that's not present in politics. So, um, Whatsoever. anyway, um, like I'll, I'll say a couple things and, and we'll do, we'll get it wrapped up, but uh, sure. yeah. a while back I, I started to uh, try to use my Facebook um, I, I decided to choose. I think it was the election time. It must have mm -hmm. been. I decided to choose what Facebook was going to be for me. So mm -hmm. I started sounding off uh, uh, about uh, open-ended uh, mm -hmm. philosophical things and 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 things related to uh, things that I that I felt were kind of from a loving place, mm -hmm. from a place of caring about humanity. And what happened was uh, I ended up getting. Uh, a, a small random community of people from my life who were who were kind of feeling the need for the types of things that I was talking about. And now I have these nice little conversations uh, about these things, all the things that have been on my mind and people saying, I appreciate this and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's I, I don't really have a point there, except just to say that a, a little bit of intentionality uh, without being self-righteous has really helped. Yeah. Uh, curation is a really healthy behavior, you know, curating, cu curation is a really healthy behavior. You know, it's really so. healthy to curate your surrounding and curate yeah. what you're taking in. Right. And also what you're putting out. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I guess the last question for you, um, cause maybe you said this on the podcast, but I don't know. Um, do you, uh, is your plan to delete your Facebook account eventually once you're probably, once you know, this? like, yeah, like, like probably, but you know, uh, you know, I go back and forth between so much of it, right? One of the running jokes of the show is that we'll unfriend on Facebook and then immediately follow each other on Instagram, which is owned right. by Facebook. So it's <laughs> literally just an exercise in madness, you yeah, know? And, yeah. um, and so, you know, the other thing too, is that at the current friend count that I have, if I was to release just one episode a week, it would take me 10 years to finish the show, you know? Yeah. So, so I'll basically be essentially doubling my time on Facebook just to get off of <laughs> Facebook. Right. Which That's again, hilarious. just this bizarre exercise in madness. Yeah. You know, I feel yeah. like it's like one of the Plato symposiums, you know, like yeah. if a man does, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. But yeah. you know, we're just shadow puppets. Right. But, um, yeah, I took philosophy. Okay. 101. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I would suppose by the time I've gotten everybody off, if it's in some timely manner, then yes, I would close it down. Um, I do still use it for other things, though, right? Yeah. I do still use it for a curated web page, you know, for essentially a free web page for the show, right. Um, right. for for other other business ventures. Um, it is still what my hope would be, and maybe this is me just kind of being the like deep down cowardly humanist that I kind of am. Is this idea of like. Hopefully before the show is done, Facebook will implode and close and we'll have a different platform <laughs> that we need to that we need to socialize okay. off. Of. But yeah. I mean, the, you know, that's like saying you'll get yours, McDonald's, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, exactly. it's yeah. not happening, you know, so yeah. so who knows, right? Well, I, I, I love that you're making the personal change. Um, 
regardless of whether the systemic change or the uh, you know the um, uh, infrastructural change happens. Yeah. Um, I applaud you. Um, I mean, it's all you can I, do. I think right? Everybody listening to this should should go check out the the podcast. One of the things I love uh, is just conversation. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's one of the, I think that conversations to me, it's kind of a holy act. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yep. uh, it creates Communion. something, you know, uh, regardless of if you think there's a real spiritual realm, there is a spirit in between two people in a conversation that's neither one nor the other when they're listening and reciprocating. So um, I appreciate you doing that with me today. I appreciate you doing it on your show. Thank you. And yeah, uh, thanks very much for letting me interview. Uh, yeah, well, you, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. You know, and all the kind yeah. words. I mean, you know, I it is it's it's really it's really reassuring to know that somebody sees that that because that yeah. is the intention, right? And I really appreciate you saying it because you know uh, the way that all this has been framed recently is bit of is about this confrontation, and it's not. It's about conversation. To me. You nailed it. It's it's the the holy act of conversation, and you know you were saying right at the start the the uh, the um, the bizarreness that calling somebody on the phone and talking to them is now a, an act of rebellion is, is yeah. such a bizarre yeah. line of thinking, wow. you know. But I love I love talking to people. I love conversations. I think everybody has stories and unique perspectives, and they deserve to be heard. Yeah. You know, well, they don't hey, know deserve been- to be respected, but you know, <laughs> right? Well, there you go. Well, th- this has been great. So uh, I think there's no better way to end it than that. And maybe we'll talk again in the future or, or something. But uh, this has been great. So Thank thanks so much. much. James Abramenko. Have a good one. You too, man.